Good evening. Top story tonight on Player Profiler today. Tank Dell. Are the Houston Texans finally going to get the former Houston Cougars receiver back before OTAs? He was an amazing stud this season, helping lead to C.J. Stroud's amazing rookie season. There's some indications that he's ahead of schedule on his rehab process, and it looks like he's going to be back pretty sooner than we think. That, plus some information on Micah Parsons' contract, as well as some Steelers quarterback controversy, and a little bit of a sneaky update about the Falcons and their triplets. All that and more on Player Profiler today. Hi, everyone. My name is Toomey. Um, I know on the little intro it said, Jack, we're working on getting everything updated. But below that, you can see my name. My name is Toomey, and I um, work with Player Profiler um, today. And we're going to be just doing a lot of these news updates. You're going to see this show um, on the Player Profiler YouTube um, channel. But it's also going to be on the Player Profiler news desk as well on that YouTube channel. And you're going to start to see the show shift over to that um, YouTube channel exclusively within the next few days. But every day, 7 p.m., we're coming to you live with the latest updates. Um, no matter what the schedule is, we know this is a slower time of the season or slower time of the year, but we're still – there's a lot of news that we got to talk about. And so we're going to start off with the, the headline story, the story that's part of the thumbnail that you see there about Tank Dell. So it does look like the Houston Texans are going to be getting Tank Dell back before OTAs kickoff in May and June. So we all know the Houston Texans storybook year. Um, some people would say D'Amico Ryan should have won coach of the year. Obviously, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. CJ Stroud's amazing season where he led the NFL in interception to touchdown ratio. First time a rookie's done that since the 1940s. Had a stellar, stellar, stellar season. A huge part of his stellar season in this NFL this year was because of Tank Dell. So Tank Dell, as we all know, amazing rookie receiver, over 700 yards, seven touchdowns, was having a crazy breakout season, started off a little slow, but was really getting cooking midway through the season. Now, we all do remember the play that he got injured on, and I know like it was, for me, as a Tank Dell owner, rather annoying that he was blocking on that play um, that where Damian Pierce was heading into the end zone and the eventual win that they had over the Denver Broncos um, in week 11. But because of that, he fractured his leg right above his ankle, dealing with a fractured fibula. And so he's a smaller player, incredibly small, actually. So there was some concerns that he was going to be out for a significant amount of time. And there were questions about whether he was going to make it um, before OTAs. Well, the good news is he is going to be making it before OTAs. They're going to have him whenever they kick off in May or June. And so he's at least going to be on the field getting reps with his guys. And we can all have a little bit more faith in the Tank Dell stock, especially the ones that we have in Dynasty. Now, the one thing I really, really want to caution is I love Tank Dell. I got him on a ton of teams. We have to temper our expectations. It was also this week that um, Matt Harmon had an interview with Tony Pollard where he was talking about very similar injury that Tank Dell suffered, obviously later in the season. But it took him until week 11 to feel like himself, to feel like he had the same speed. And you could argue if he ever got it back this year. But it was not just a, hey, turn it on. He's on the field, so he's good to go. No, it was not like that for Tony Pollard. 
Now, he's a running back, but he's a bigger player, so I do worry about the speed issue potentially with Tank Dell. I think Tank Dell by midway through the season is going to probably look closer to the Tank Dell that we're typically used to. But if you're banking on the Tank Dell that left in the middle of the season, jumping off from the start, coming out of OTAs, hopefully he's like fully participating by training camp. I think you should temper your expectations. Um, There are some people who have Tank Dell, even in redraft, ranked ahead of Nico Collins. And I just, I cannot subscribe to that thinking right now. I actually think that Nico has a significantly higher ceiling this year. And I do not think it's this big gap like a lot of people are making it seem in Dynasty for sure. Um, Right now in redraft, though, so you got Nico Collins, wide receiver nine by most standards, and Tank Dell, wide receiver 18. So I actually like that. But I also have a fear that as we get closer to OTAs, and like I said, Tank Dell, he's going to be there. The rankings are going to start to tighten, 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 even in redraft where these players may be going in a similar range. And I just don't know if that should be the case, especially when Nico Collins led the team in red zone targets, was better than Tank Dell and like target share, air yards, all of these things, yards after catch. Um, I do think there's a lot of excitement, especially from like the fantasy community and the dynasty community who predicted the Tank Dell breakout. But what I'm saying is, me personally, and who am I? But what I'm saying is just level our expectations just a touch, guys, okay? Um, but no matter what, you're going to get him at a great value. So I do think you're going to be in a good spot, especially since, like I said, Tank Dell, he was at the Travis Scott, um, it was like a celebrity softball game, throwing out pitches, and he's confident that he's going to be ready to go for OTAs. So we have a lot more news that we're going to be talking about. There's some information about Michael Parsons' deal. Um, the Steelers quarterbacks, there's some stuff going on about whether um, Mason Rudolph is going to be the starter next year or is it going to be Kenny Pickett. We have all that and more on the other side of this break, okay? And this is my first time doing this, so I clearly didn't have the break like ready to go. Here we go. It has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from Pick'em games, specifically underdog Pick'ems. And how do you do it? Well, you look at the slate and you find a great shootout or a sneaky shootout. You also look for a shit show game. Three, four, five, six guys in one game. That's right. You can do it. You can do it. And you can 100x your payout on underdog. Think about week one. Jets-Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 you can go six for six. Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Well, sneaky shootout there in Philadelphia. Minnesota's going to be in comeback mode, so we'll go Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than, Madison, less than, but also Swift, more than. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it with the underdog pickums, and you use promo code UNDERWORLD to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in $100, underdog matches that deposit up to 100 bucks with promo code UNDERWORLD. Go start picking. Welcome back, guys, and I appreciate the freak in the chat. I'm going to try to add your comment here. I can't even do it. I'm I'm so first time, if you guys didn't know, first time doing the player profiler today. We're still trying to onboard a lot of the different hosts, um, but we're getting there. <laughs> we are getting there, guys. All right. Um, let's see. So the first story that I wanted to talk about was the Steelers quarterback situation. 
So Jerry Dulac said that there appears to be some internal division about who the Steelers should be having as their starting quarterback next season. And a lot of that stems between the Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, or blank free agent territory. So we all know Kenny Pickett, first round pick a few years ago. To say lackluster would be a disservice to lackluster. Um, he's 13 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and 25 career games. It's an incredibly mediocre career to start. Now, Mason Rudolph, you could say, all right, he's been incredibly mediocre as well, and you'd be correct. But down the stretch, 3-0, and got his team into the postseason, 719 passing yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. And we all know, especially those who had George Pickens and obviously like the running backs, he just lifted the entire offensive scheme up in the team. I don't know if they played harder. He just had things cooking. He was much more willing to go down the field as a passer and give his guys like a George Pickens an opportunity to go get the ball. Everything just seemed to click with Mason Rudolph. And so this division, and I mean, division is a, it's a strong term because I do not see that many people actually backing Kenny Pickett in this, but Deontay Johnson gave a full-throated endorsement of Mason Rudolph, who is a free agent right now, saying that he wants them to resign him, of course, and he hopes that he gets the starting job next year. Very That's strong, bro. <laughs> so, all right. So, Deontay Johnson, current, currently on the roster, Kenny Pickett, currently on the roster, Mason Rudolph is technically not a stealer right now. And he still says, I want that guy to be my starting quarterback in 2024. That's one. And then Steelers ownership expressed a strong, strong, strong interest in re-signing Mason Rudolph as well. I don't know what to make of this because it does seem that, well, I, I know what to make of it. It seems like there's an incredible lack of confidence in Kenny Pickett. I think no matter what, that seems rather clear. Um, they do like Mason Rudolph. He's been in the system for a long time. Tomlin likes him a lot. Um, the, the, obviously the team likes him a lot. And I just think that this is probably less about Mason and more about just the lack of faith in Kenny Pickett, because I all know we we've heard all the rumors about the Steelers quarterback situation. Um, they're going to get Ryan Tannehill because of his connection with Arthur Smith, or obviously like the Justin Fields trades that, that trade has been talked about at nauseum. And I think that just speaks more about Kenny Pickett and the lack of confidence that the team has in him because the team has actually come out to say, come out and said, according to, uh, I want to get the publication right, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, that they're actually not interested in bringing in a free agent who considers himself a starting quarterback. I don't know what the hell's, sorry, I don't know what's happening in Pittsburgh where you don't want to bring in a free agent who's going to challenge for the starting position. Now, all of this may just be off-season speak. The Steelers try to keep everything close to the chest traditionally, so maybe they're just blowing smoke up everyone's butt, and they are going to bring in another quarterback to challenge Kenny Pickett, or they plan to bring in Mason Rudolph, and he may have the path to be the starter. All I know is, like I said, we have to keep our eyes on this story, and we have to make sure that we know, like, as a fantasy player, if we get Kenny Pickett, I'm fading all the receiving options in Pittsburgh. If we get Mason Rudolph, 
I'm probably a little more down on him than a lot of other people are, but we at least saw at the end of last season, he's going to be okay. Like Pickens in particular will be solid. Fryermuth will be solid. Deontay Johnson will be solid. I think the running backs are going to eat no matter what in this Arthur Smith scheme. And I also think that there, I have a little bit more faith if they brought in a free agent um, quarterback who would eventually beat Kenny Pickett. But moral of the story, if it's Kenny Pickett, I'm not incredibly interested in these Steelers pass catching options. And if it's anyone else but Kenny Pickett, I actually have a decent amount of faith that I'm going to be I'm going to be okay with this offense because no matter what anyone says, and I know you didn't love him as a head coach, Arthur Smith is a hell of a play caller and a hell of an offensive coordinator. And so it's going to be boring, but I do think that this team is going to be much more efficient than normal. Just hopefully they decide to go a different direction at the quarterback position. Okay, so let's see. What's next? On the on the list I have here, less fantasy implications unless you're talking about IDP. Um, but Micah was on the Stephen A. Smith con, uh, podcast, and he exercised like an incredible amount of patience with the contract situation. So we all know Micah Parsons, three-time pro bowler, two-time all-pro, first-team all-pro. Um, rookie defense player of the year when he was a rookie, 40 and a half sacks in three years. He's amazing. He's not LT. He is not LT. He is not, he is not LT. But he's, he's like, he's like LT's little cousin. <laughs> like he's solid. He's very, very good. Very, very, very good. He's not LT, but he's very good. And he's kind of like in that mold of a player, let's say. But what he said on the podcast was, if they call my number and say, hey, we ready, we're ready. But if not, I'm going to put another Pro Bowl year out there. Um, and so that's, I mean, from a player's perspective, if you're ownership, that's kind of all you can ask for. He's really being very considerate about what the Cowboys have coming up on their slate. Um, CeeDee Lamb was drafted in the first round prior to Micah. And so CeeDee Lamb's contract is up like right now. And they are going to re-up CeeDee Lamb. Had an amazing year. You could argue down the stretch he was the best offensive player in the NFL. First team all pro. Dominant stretch down the season. Like dominant down the stretch. Um, really a big reason why they were getting, like they were winning some of the games they were winning at the end of the year. And then you also have the DAC extension. Um, no one ever, I mean, no one's super enthusiastic <laughs> to give DAC an extension, but you have to. He's a quarterback. He's a starting quarterback. And I'm glad we've come a few months off of the loss that they had against the Packers and people are starting to like become more level-headed. Like you got to pay Dak and Micah acknowledged both of those contracts. He said, like, I understand what they're going to have to do with CD. Like, obviously I hope they get their money. Dak, same thing. Um, but he did say, I'm willing to play and I'm willing to give them another Pro Bowl year. But yesterday's price is not going to be today's price. And he, he didn't say that. That's obviously like, a, I think it's a Godfather reference or Scarface reference. Um, but he did say that it's only going to get more expensive. If they were to sign him to an extension now and just forego the fifth year, I think that would make a ton more sense. And I think they would really, really benefit from that this upcoming season. And we'll see what happens. Um, but if they don't, fran I mean, if they don't sign him this year, they may franchise him. And I mean, that, that'd be incredible if they did that. I think it's going to be like over $21 million for an edge rusher. Um, he's worth it, but I do think if there's some opportunity, he seems like the type of person who is willing to get a deal done now. So obviously, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm getting that deal done ASAP Rocky. <laughs> like, I'm getting that deal done yesterday. Um, 
he is a massive part of this defensive unit. He's what makes them go. I think in this Mike Zimmer system, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays in it. Um, they usually use like they're going to have a higher emphasis on stopping the run. I do think that there's going to be some things that Mike Zimmer is going to be asking him to do that may not be as comfortable or maybe not as pin your ears back and go. So maybe his numbers tick down a little bit. But I do think overall the defensive improvement that's not going to that's not going to look bad when he's coming to the table if they don't negotiate a contract before the season starts. So I do think they're going to get something done. And if you're one of those people who every year you're drafting the Cowboys defense in your fantasy leagues, I think they're going to be a much more sound unit. Maybe not as turnover prone, but a really sound unit who's not giving up a ton of points because they're going to probably invest in some bigger linebackers and just say have a solid defensive unit getting digs back. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Micah, um, but I do think it would behoove them to pay Micah uh, sooner than later. Okay. Let's see. So next here. There we go. Russell Wilson in Pittsburgh. That would be – that's interesting, and I've heard a lot of rumors about that too. I'm <clears> – <throat> I'm trying to understand, like, I mean, there are sources in the Steelers that are saying they do not want to bring in a free agent that's going to challenge for the starting job. But I, I, while I believe that report and I believe that there was a source telling the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette that that was going to be the case, it's hard for me to believe that a team would actually go out and say that. Like, they don't want to have somebody come in and challenge for a starting job. Because that would then mean to me that, they believe Kenny Pickett is the truth and he is definitely like the starting quarterback and all the energy around the team seems to be like, that is not the case. So I actually wouldn't be surprised if Russell Wilson did end up in Pittsburgh, uh, but that's my personal opinion. And he said, I've drafted tank Dell and two of two underdog teams so far. I don't think it's a bad move, especially in best ball. I think if you're able to get through the early season slog on a tank Dell, you're going to be in a good situation. But for those, especially in redraft who are going to be drafting him relatively highly and expecting him to be like tank Dell from mid season, when this season kicks off, I think you're in for like a, a bad surprise, but that's just what I think about the situation. All right. So let's move on to our next story. All right. So the Atlanta Falcons, they, got Raheem Morris as a head coach which I love that hire I'm a big fan of Raheem Morris and what he was able to do outside of Aaron Donald with basically scraps in that Rams defense got everyone to play really hard and I do think there is a slightly higher level of talent again outside of Aaron Donald on this Atlanta Falcons team so I do think I'm a big fan of Raheem Morris I love that Zach Robinson was a passing game coordinator in LA and he is now the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons he has some very, very interesting comments this week about Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson in particular. So during his press conference, he was being asked about the versatility of, excuse me, Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts. And he continued to come back to, I think they're versatile, but Pitts is a tight end, Bijan is a back, and they're going to get their touches in that way, basically. Um, he did, again, I'm going to give him credit. He did mention their versatility. So I'm not saying that he's saying they're not going to be in other positions. 
But he continued to come back to the fact that Bijan is back. Pitts is a tight end. They're going to get the ball in that way. If I am investing in the stock of, let's talk about Bijan, because that's obviously the more important from a fantasy standpoint. I'm not, I, I think Bijan to me is a first round pick very much. So I don't, I think he's a locked in first round pick. And I think it's crazy outside of like, uh, if you're in a 10 team league, maybe not, but if you're in a 12 team or higher, he's a first round pick no matter what, especially with this new offensive coordinator. But it does scare me a little bit. Um, Bijan is, has the skill set and has such a, a pass catching skill set that he needs to be flexed all over a formation. Like his best utilization is not just handing the ball to him 25 times and throwing him two balls. I would hope that they would start to flex him out and make sure that he actually has some pass catching opportunities that are not just Texas routes out of the backfield. So I'm, I'm again, I don't want to sound the alarms on Bijan, but the fact that Zach Robinson is saying he's going to get his touches like a running back, which is great. And I mean, they may give him 30 touches a game, but it does just, it kind of is something just to put in the back of your head as we continue to go this off season. If we continue to hear comments like this from Zach Robinson, I may have to drop Bijan in my PPR rankings, maybe move him up a little bit in standard, but drop him slightly in my PPR rankings. If they are not going to be flexing him out at wide receiver, throwing them in the slot every now and then, et cetera. And in particular for Kyle Pitts, I don't know who's still holding on to Kyle Pitts like optimism, but at least like in this offense, he should be solid. Um, But if they are not going to throw him out wide, he is probably, and I know it's going to be crazy to say probably the best deep threat on that team. And I'm, I'm including Drake London, Kyle Pitts dominates down the field. And he is one of those guys whose hidden stats, the unrealized stats down the field are impressive as hell for a tight end. He wins down the field so much. And honestly, that's kind of the that's the best way to use him is down the field. And to do that, you, you obviously could throw your tight end down the field out of the tight end position. But you want to be able to throw him as like an X receiver in, in a formation, like throw him out wide and let him get downfield. If they're only going to be putting him in line, I'm going to that's going to also temper my expectations about a Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I'm laughing because this is the third year we're saying this. A Kyle Pitts resurgence. So, again, Zach Robinson saying that Kyle Pitts is going to be used as like a traditional tight end-ish. Um, Bijan's going to be used as more of a traditional running back. I'm saying that. He said, like, they're going to get their touches as a running back and as a tight end. The fact that he said that is just something, again, put the bug in the back of your head and just remember that as we go through this offseason to see if, like, we may need to temper our expectations on the Falcons players. I, I don't think that there should be any concern about Drake London because he gets his touch as a wide receiver. He's always used as a wide receiver. Very underrated wide receiver. And I do think if there's anything I have faith in in this offense, this this team gets the ball to their wide receivers consistently if we're going to just take what the Rams did in L.A. and supplant and, and just basically transpose that to what the Falcons are going to do this year. So, again, something to just keep in the back of your head. All right. All right. Moving on. So this is going to be the, the last story of the day, guys. Um, and I know some people are touching on this, but I just I'm a Colts fan. So I'm going to talk about cold stuff. Um, Anthony Richardson, there's been video of him finally starting to throw the ball. Um, so we all know he's coming off of the grade three AC joint sprain that he suffered in week five against the Titans this past year. 
Um, it was a explosive, exciting, but incredibly frustrating rookie year for those who had him in fantasy. If you have him in dynasty, I don't think you should be concerned, but those, especially in redraft, you got off cooking and then you lost them after basically five weeks. I think that like it, it was a little surprising to me and especially me as a Colts fan, but now I, I fully get it that they opted to go for the season ending surgery for Anthony Richardson um, for his AC joint sprain. They consulted a ton of physicians around the country. Um, they, they really thought that this is going to be the best for him long-term. So that's why I am, I am hopeful for him long-term. Like they're looking out for his long-term health and they want to make sure that he's going to be able to throw the ball and be able to play um, sooner than later, which is, gladly he's able to start throwing he should be ready to go by otas and there's no concern for him to start the season but one thing i didn't really think about and it makes a ton of sense is they also were haunted by the ghosts of andrew luck so y'all remember andrew luck he suffered a torn labrum in his shoulder but instead of and i think that was in 2015 yeah he suffered a torn labrum in his shoulder instead of ending his season going um, for a season-ending surgery, he decided to rehab it and play through the pain. They ended up delaying this surgery until right before the 2017 season where he completely missed the entire season. And obviously the slew of pain, rehab, continued surgeries, and it really led to him losing his love for the game and then him retiring. Now, I don't think they were concerned about um, Anthony Richardson retiring, but as you can see, if you just address the issue up front now and make sure you do what's best for the long-term health of the player, you're going to get a lot more mileage out of him for, for lack of sensitivity. You're going to get more play out of the player and then it is going to be better for his long-term health and recovery. So like I said, he's going to be ready to go for the spring. We're going to have Anthony Richardson ready to go on all of our fantasy teams. And I think the only thing that's concerning people is this guy played five games and he finished four or five games. Like it's, that's not good. Um, and I also think it's probably going to be concerning for people who who look at the comments from the Colts where Steichen says he's going to play the way he plays. Anthony Richards said, I'm going to play the way I play. But I do think it's important to look at the nuance there. Anthony Richardson said, "I'm this is not going to stop me from running as hard. But he said he definitely acknowledged that he has to play smarter. Um, you look at some of the injuries he suffered. Not all of them were him scrambling. Some of them were just bad luck. Um, but he he has acknowledged that this season has made it very clear to him that he needs to keep his health together and he needs to be smarter when he's playing. But which is good for us again in fantasy, he's still going to play hard. He's still going to run and get first downs. But one of the examples he gave was in the Texans game where he was running into the end zone. I don't know if he was getting cocky or trying to celebrate, but he started to slow down as he headed into the end zone versus just going full speed into the end zone and making sure you clear it. He slowed down. The defender came, got him right as he was heading into the end zone. He fell back and knocked his head and got a concussion and missed a week. Those are the types of things that he acknowledged that he has to get better at. And I do think if he's going to still play as hard, but he's going to be smarter in getting down, smarter in sliding, there is, there's QB1 potential for Anthony Richardson. I'm not putting my name on that right now but there is quarterback one overall like potential with this guy the running is impeccable it is the closest thing to lamar jackson justin fields you're gonna see 
his arm talent is not bad. Now, we obviously have to see how he rehabs from a throwing shoulder injury, but he was doing a pretty good job last year, better than everyone expected coming out of college. Um, His pocket presence, if you guys follow me anywhere on TikTok or anything, I've talked about this ad nauseum. One of the best pocket presence we've seen coming out of college since Patrick Mahomes. And no, I did not make a mistake. His pocket presence is incredible. He has a great feel for pocket. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes. People, people are going to clip the wrong part of that. <laughs> but his he has a really good pocket presence. I do think that the 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 moon the moon is possible for him the qb1 overall is possible for him but in redraft i'm probably going to draft him like around quarterback eight or higher like that's where i'm kind of thinking about it um i'm really excited really 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 excited for anthony richardson um heading into this upcoming season um and then obviously if you can get him in dynasty to me this is the time to do it so um, one of our guys on here, Jason, on his wake and take, he was commenting about this, and I agree. There's not going to be a better chance for you to get Anthony Richardson cheap than right now. Once he starts like getting his throwing going, and once he gets into o- OTAs, if you're in Dynasty, you're you're going to miss the boat. Like You're not going to be able to get a chance at him because people are going to remember what he did. They're going to start looking at his highlights again. They're going to start seeing him throw like more similarly than what he was doing um, last year, and you're going to miss the boat on your opportunity to buy Anthony Richardson. <laughs> excuse me so i think that if you're really interested in getting an anthony richardson go get him right now last thing i wanted to end with this has nothing to do with fantasy i just wanted to give an update it does look like um as it relates to the kansas city situation that all the patients have been discharged from children's mercy hospital so that's really great news and i know there's been a ton of donations um, from a lot of famous people um to the causes of the the slain um victim as well as some of the the children and other people who've been injured from that horrific event so that's great news thank you guys so much um for hopping on here if you guys have any other questions Put it in the comments of the video. But again, you're going to see us every single day at 7 p.m. giving the latest news in the NFL. If there's any stories that we missed, make sure you guys put it in the comments. And if there are certain things you want to hear about that day, put it in the comment of the video before we'll make sure we take a look. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.